0: Today's scripture reading is taken from Hebrews chapter four, verses four through 11. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way and God rested on the seventh day from all his works and again in this passage he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Again, he appoints a certain day to day so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. And also Revelation chapter 14, verses 12 through 13. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on, blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Good morning. I want to add my welcome to everybody uh, that's welcomed you before, and you'll see <clears throat> the strength of my voice is not what it should be this morning, so we'll pray for the Lord's uh, help. Thanks for everyone who's filling in the service for me. I am recovered from my sickness, but the voice is always the last thing it seems like to to return. I'll remind us that during this Advent season and Christmas season, we've been looking at our desires as human beings. What we want, yeah, thank you, I'm going to need that. (laughs) What we want, ultimately, and what we've been saying is, look, those desires are met at Christmas because Jesus has come in the flesh and Jesus is the answer. The desire of the nations has been born. And so we meet Jesus and we meet our desires fully satisfied, but still there's a gap between when Jesus came and when he returns. And so we live in that gap. It's called Advent, what we're celebrating right now. But one day, All of those desires that God has given us will be met fully and finally with him in heaven. And so we've been looking at this idea of Jesus coming and also what that tells us about heaven. And we've looked at these desires that we have, a desire for a new creation. We want uh, the world to be restored. We want, secondly, we looked last week at a happy home, a place where We can have the closest family and the dearest friends. Isn't that a desire that we have right now? And today, we're looking at this. A desire that we all have for rest. A satisfying rest. And the scriptures tell us, just like these other desires, our desire for rest is met in Jesus and it's met in heaven. And that is what we are looking forward to. Let's pray. For God's help this morning. Father, we thank you that you are with us even to the end of the age. Jesus, you have promised to be our strength. You have promised that in you, all of these desires that you've placed in us will be met forever. And so as we pray, as we dream and as we look at what your scriptures say, I pray that you would come and give us that faith, give us that endurance, give us that desire to see everything met in you. I pray, Lord, that you would awaken in us a desire for rest, the most satisfying kind of rest, that, and you would help us to see that you honor all that we do, and that you will receive us into your resting place forever. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So it was uh, Christmas Eve about, about six years ago, and at the time I had three sons, and now I have four sons, but they were all five years old and younger. Uh, so three boys, and uh, we decided, Becca and I, that the gifts that we were going to give them, the kind of the big gift for Christmas uh, that we were going to give them was all, each one of them to have their own little tykes vehicle. You know, you know the Little Tykes brand, and those vehicles, the little small roll of toys, and they're, they're foot-powered, right? Um, so you get in, and, and you, you drive them around, and so we decided that's what we were going to give them, and so we bought three of those. We bought a pickup truck, a police car, and a fire truck, and we also bought the little uh, gas pump uh, called the Cozy Pumper, really <laughs> cute, and uh, the Cozy Pumper was for them to share, all, all three of them using that. Uh, for their foot-powered, not gas-powered uh, vehicles. But I remember um, building those, those vehicles for them, and it took kind of a while because there was three of them, and it's not like they were super hard to build or something, but it took a couple of hours because they all have a million stickers, you know, you've got to put on in exactly the right way. And uh, so it took, it took a little while, and we had put everybody to bed, and I just remember uh, this distinct time that evening where after I had built them and everybody else was in bed, the Christmas lights were twinkling, I walked outside to where we had put these little vehicles, and I observed my, my fleet, you know, of <laughs> little tykes. And I don't know why I walked out except to enjoy the fact that they, they had been built, I enjoyed the fact that I had put them together, and I enjoyed the future joy that they were going to have when they experienced them. I knew that my work would matter to them, and it seems like a really silly example, but I'm guessing that you have those moments where you kind of, you look back on something that you have done, and you say, I'm pretty proud of that, and I think this is good. There's a a work, but there's also a satisfaction in the work. And I knew that it would make a difference. We ended up using those uh, little tykes cars for years until the Arizona sun won, you know, that uh, battle. And as it happens, I have a toddler again in the Lord's providence. Uh, seven years later, we're doing this again. And we got a little tykes uh, box waiting right there in the, uh, the living room for me to put together. Those moments are rare but I know that you've probably had them. Something is complete and something is satisfying in its completion. You have this sure knowledge. It's finished. And it's good. And that feeling, while it's hard to capture, is a God-like feeling. As we know, In the scriptures, God worked in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested from all of his labors. He enjoyed what he had put together. And that feeling is something that he gives to us. Wendell Berry, who's a great writer and poet, I love his Sabbath poems, and he calls this feeling in several of his poems, the Sabbath mood. I love that. He talks about the day where you can work hard all day long and you can have have this sense of accomplishment and then because of your hard work, a Sabbath mood can rest over your day. That's what that feeling is. My work is completed and there is a satisfaction. Well, those brief moments when we experience that, The Bible says heaven is like that. It is an eternal rest. It is an eternal Sabbath. So here's what I want us to see. One satisfaction that we experience in heaven is that our good work is completed, honored, and lasting. Our good work is completed, honored, and lasting in heaven. That desire is met. Let's look at those three things. First, (coughs) our good work is is completed. And as we look at this Hebrews 4 passage, we see this theme of the Sabbath rest of God's people. Look with me at verse 4. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage he said, they shall not enter my rest. What does it mean? It's hearkening back, obviously, if you know the Bible, to the story of Genesis. I already mentioned it. There's six days that the Lord did all of his labor. On the seventh, he rested. What does it mean that God rested? Well, it certainly doesn't mean that God ceased to be God, that he ceased to have a providential care for his creation. Of course, he continued to uphold things. What does it mean? It means that he observed and enjoyed a completeness the six days that he had done were a complete whole, and he took time to observe and enjoy that completeness. And if you know the story of the Scripture, that, that uh, pattern that God gives us, six days you shall labor, and on the seventh day you uh, shall rest, becomes the fourth commandment. In Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy 5, we have the Ten Commandments given to us, and the fourth commandment is based on this, Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. For, here's the reason, the Lord made the heavens and the earth in six days, and on the seventh day he rested. Within that same framework, this God who showed them how to rest, he then promised a future rest for them. Again, moving down in the story a little bit, in the book of Exodus, we see the people of God have been captured. They have been enslaved in Egypt. And after 400 years, God promises them deliverance. He promises them a land. And what does God call that promised land? In multiple places in Scripture, he calls it the rest. The rest. He gives them this rest. And actually, they're very close to getting it. He delivers the people of God out of, the, out of the bondage of Egypt, and he takes them to the doorstep of the promised land. And actually, it doesn't take them there very long to get there. Within a year or two, they're at the promised land. And they're about to enter into their rest. <coughs> but then they are disobedient. They don't believe that God could conquer the evil nation's Um, and use them as his hand of judgment. And so what God does is God says, this generation will not enter my rest. He causes them to wander 40 years in the wilderness. That's what is in the backdrop of this Hebrews passage where he says in verse 6, since therefore it remains for some to enter and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Again, he appoints a certain day today saying through David so long afterward in the words already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. The author of Hebrews is now quoting Psalm 95. And he makes an argument here. It's kind of hard to follow. But what he says is, look, remember the story. They were right there on the edge of the promised land. And God said, you will not enter my rest. But in Psalm 95, He goes back to a psalm written by David. And David says, today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. And so if you kind of follow what he's saying, look, they ended up getting into the promised land. They wandered for 40 years, but then they went into the land and they got that rest. And David, who's much later, hundreds of years later, he's the king of the promised land. He is the king of the united monarchy, he has the power. He has the promised land. And in fact, that was the most prosperous time in Israel's history was David on the throne. And in fact, God had given him rest from all his enemies, all of these that were attacking him. God had used David to say, now you have rest on all sides. And so in terms of a human situation, the promised land was there, but David wrote this psalm and he said, But it's not the rest that we need. Even though God had given them that promise, he speaks, the author of Hebrews says, of another day. Another day when there would be rest. Because Joshua couldn't deliver the rest that they needed. Look at verse 8. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. Now, the author of Hebrews, is, he's playing with words there. If Joshua had given them rest. Well, the, the Greek word for Joshua is the same as Jesus. If Joshua didn't give them rest. But you remember the author of Hebrews, if you know that book, he is, he is talking about how Jesus is better. He's better than Moses. He's better than the angels. And here, he is better than Joshua. Joshua could not provide the rest that that they needed, even though he was a great leader, and even though he brought them into the promised land, they needed something more. As David himself knew, centuries later, even with all that he had, he said, there's another day coming. There is a greater Joshua coming, who rescues his people and brings them to rest That is, in fact, what Jesus does. That's why he preaches rest. Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. to know Jesus Christ is to enter into the rest of God. He comes to bring rest in a way that you can't imagine you will have rest for your soul. As he says in verse 10, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. In other words, in the same way, the people of God, when they came to the edge of the promised land, they were given a promise, they were given a gift. Now you can enter your rest. In the same way, those of us who come to Jesus, we have this gift. And we need, by faith, remember it was their lack of faith, their lack of trust that led to a disobedience and caused them to not enter into God's rest. In the same way he calls us to, to come to Jesus and say, I have faith in you that you will give me rest from all my work. We trust that this is where rest is found. You must receive him by faith. You must today hear his voice and not harden your hearts as they did when they looked on the land and didn't have faith in God. That we need also to say, this is the resting place. It's not found anywhere else. It's found in Jesus Christ. What kind of rest does Jesus give? He gives us rest from sin. He gives us rest for our enmity with God. Rest from performance. He's forgiven us our sins. He has filled what is lacking. He has brought us into his family. This is a place where you can be at complete rest. The work is done. And so we find that our desire for rest is met at Christmas. Because Jesus has come to give us the rest that our souls desire. But the question remains, is there still a physical promised land? Is there still a resting place that God promises to his people? And I would say, yes, that is the promise of the new heavens and the new earth. That is the fulfillment of the promised land. And we experience that same rest when we die and we're in the Lord. Switch now to the book of Revelation. In verse 14, he says... Sorry, verse 13. I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. In the presence of God, there is rest from labor Forever. Our work is completed. That is the promise of the new promised land. When you come there, God says, you can rest. Your work is completed. Now, I'm using that word completed rather than the word finished because I don't actually believe that in heaven our our work is finished. I believe because the scriptures indicate to us Adam and Eve Worked and had, they had a garden to tend and keep before sin came in the world. And in the new creation, I have to assume then that, that we will have work to do, good work to do. But in the same sense that God doesn't cease being God when He finished the six days of labor, we can also know that this life is completed. That the, the deeds that we have done, the life that we have lived is now complete and we can rest and enjoy. We can have that feeling that we've been chasing. That little feeling that I had standing over the little tykes, right? That, of course, my work as a father didn't end there, but there was a completeness there that was like, this is, this is done. That little feeling that all of us have experienced is what heaven is like. The feeling that you are satisfied with what has just happened, with the labor that you've done. Our work, our good work is completed. Secondly, our good work is honored. It's honored. You notice what the Father and the Spirit say in this Revelation passage, blessed. Blessed are the dead who die. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. In heaven, it's not just that our work is completed. It's that our work is honored and blessed. We may know something of a feeling of blessing over our labor. We may, for instance, know the feeling of a boss who says, Good job. We may know something of a spouse who says, I appreciate what you're doing. Maybe. Maybe we know something of a friend who says, thank you for being there. Thank you for being a good friend. Maybe we know something of a parent who says, I'm proud of you. Those things are not guaranteed. Maybe you've had one or two of those. If we know something about that, I would suggest to you that it's nothing compared to the blessing of hearing the God of all creation honor us for the work that we have done. Do you remember the story that Jesus told of the, the talents, the, the different talents that are given out? This a parable that he says, and to each one is giving, given differing amounts, and you're, these servants are told to do something with these, these talents. And do you remember what what he says to those who have done well. It's, it's the affirmation that every single soul wants to hear. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. Can you imagine receiving the final commendation of God? Well done. You did well. Blessed are those who die. Blessed indeed, for they may rest from their labors. I love Hebrews chapter 6 tells us this. This is so powerful. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. Isn't that so encouraging? The author of Hebrews says God is not unjust, he doesn't overlook The work that you do. He doesn't even overlook the love that you show. Love, costly love that you show to other people. He's not unjust. He sees your work. He honors that work. He blesses that work. Our good work is complete. Our good work is honored. And third and finally, our good work is lasting. Lasting. Do you notice at the end of verse 13 in Revelation, he says this, that they may rest from their labors for their deeds follow them. Their deeds follow them. Our deeds follow us after we die. What does that mean? It means at the very least that what we do here matters somehow for Eternity, And I would say that that is part of the desire that you have for rest. Again, to refer to Wendell Berry, the great poet, I love this Sabbath poem that he has it's stuck in my mind for, for years. And he's writing this poem about a letter that he received uh, criticizing him. And he's wondering in his mind, how, is, how am I going to respond to this criticism? And the end of his Sabbath reflection is this. The mind is broken By the thousand calling voices, it is always too late to answer. And that is why it yearns, this is your mind, it yearns for some hard task, lifelong, longer than life, to concentrate it and make it whole. And of all the swirling things that are happening in my mind, he says, that is why there emerges this desire for a lifelong and longer-than-life task to concentrate my work. That is true... Of every single person. This is actually what the Bible teaches that our task is lifelong and it is longer than life. It's not just in the book of Revelation. Let me give you a couple of other examples. Colossians chapter 3. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance of your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. He's saying the thing that you need to do is work hard for the Lord because your work will matter. For the inheritance that you receive, the reward. Or how about 1 Timothy 4? Have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. Because it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Isn't that amazing? The, the godliness, your pursuit of purity, your pursuit of taming your tongue, your pursuit of sanctification in your whole life, he says, is of great value now, but it also has value for the life to come. Their deeds follow them. Now, in these last two points, I know some of you are thinking this sounds terrible. Because when I think about my good work being completed, or I think about my good work lasting, I'm not sure that I deserve the final commendation of God, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm not sure that I want my deeds to follow me. I'm not sure that I want it to last. This is terrible because I've done things that I'm ashamed of. I've, I've been insufficient. I don't want a reminder for eternity of my deeds. But, friends, you are forgetting the rest that you have in Jesus. The first rest that we talked about. You're forgetting the gospel because the sins and the failures do not follow you. The sins and the failures are placed on Jesus Christ. He gives you rest from those things. And while I said before that i like the word completed rather than finished, because in heaven, I think as it regards to our work, it will not be finished. It will be completed, but then something else will start. When it comes to our sins and failures, I have no problem saying the word finished because that is what Jesus said on the cross. It is finished. His saving work is done. Our sins and our failures and our insufficiencies do not follow us. They are finished. They are forgotten even. The Scriptures say that God has put them into the depths of the sea, removed them far from us as far as the east is from the west. There is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. Not a little bit. And if that's true right now of Christ, of course it's true for eternity. There will not be this sense of condemnation because you have rested. In Jesus Christ. And so the only things that follow us is our good work. This is why this is the best possible news. The greatest gospel. It meets the greatest desires of our hearts. Your sin and failure can be finished. And you can rest in the sense that it is finished. But your good work will be blessed, recognized, and will continue to have fruit. What do we do while we wait in this Advent gap for the rest that our hearts long for? Well, John tells us in this Revelation passage what we should do, or do is endure. Endure. Verse 12 Here is a call for endurance of the saints. Those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. Here's a call for endurance. This is why I'm telling you this, John says. This is why I want you to know that the Spirit and the Father will say blessed over your work and they will give you that rest and that your deeds will follow you. Why I want you to know that right now is because I want you to have endurance. For doing the good work that God has given you. And he says, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. Well, faith in Jesus is what saves you. That's that that rest. But the commandments of God show you what good work is. What you should do with your life. This obedience to God's commandments. This is what continues. Endure. The small thing that you are doing that no one is noticing, and yet you know is a faithfulness that God requires, continue to do it. That one person who you are loving, who is difficult to love, and they don't seem to reciprocate, and there doesn't seem to be movement, the Lord says, keep Loving them. That child that's taking up every bit of your energy, every bit of yourself seems like. You keep caring for them. Keep caring for him or her. You keep praying. You keep working. You keep going because God sees your work. And that work matters to him. And that work is something that he honors and he will one day reward. And he will use that work for all of eternity. One day your life's work will be complete. That's the picture. You can imagine your whole life and the Lord placing a bow on it and saying, complete. Now, I have no idea what good work then follows that. But I know that in this sense, there will at least be this rest from this labor. Whatever it is that God has called you to do in your life right now that is difficult. One day will be complete. One day we'll be honored. And one day will be seen for its lasting consequences for eternity. This work will be done. And the satisfaction that we only experience every now and then, seeing a completed whole, will be our very life. Let's pray. Father, we are looking forward to that final affirmation. Well done. I pray, Father, that we would know now, this very day, the rest that we can have in Jesus. To know that our sins and failures are finished. They're paid for. They're done. And to know that whatever burdens you've given us to work and to keep, whatever gardens you've placed us over, that are ours to tend, one day will be complete. There'll be a whole, And they'll be honored. And I pray, Father, that you would help us to look forward to that day, help us to have faith, and not be like those who looked at the edge of the promised land and were disobedient and lacked faith. But we would be those who look unto Jesus and say, yes, this is where rest is found. This is where life is found. We pray this in his strong name. Amen.